0: Lord, we come to the Scriptures this morning, excited to hear from you. Thank you, Lord, that in all circumstances we can give thanks. I pray that this morning you would show us what that means as we look to this text in Psalm 100. Would you please open our understanding this morning? We pray this in Jesus' name, Amen. All right, quick poll. Please, please be brave and include your hands if you are willing to. Um, how many of you guys have ever been asked? You've been asked to do something, and as soon as you were asked, it was just like you were asked to do an impossible task. Raise your hand if you've, you've felt that. You just feel like what you're asking me to do is a very hard thing to do. Okay, some of you this morning, I was hoping there was a little more, but that's okay. There's, we're in this together, okay? I shared this. I asked this because there's something I wanted to share with you this morning something I actually wanted to get off my back. Um, this isn't therapy. This is church. But, you know, just, just hear me out for a second. Um, we, have, uh, we have four young boys. They are awesome, but they are very energetic the way God made them to be. And so in our backyard, we have a trampoline. And this trampoline has just been a great resource for us to say, go outside and jump for a little bit. But what, uh, one thing that has happened in this, this trampoline, because it's been used so much, is uh, one of the, a few of the springs have, have come off. And so one, uh, one afternoon recently, uh, Maddox, our second son, was jumping on the trampoline, <laughs> and he fell through. Um, and he's fine. He's, he's totally fine, and nothing happened to him. But as good, responsible parents, Alyssa and I try to be, we went out and bought another trampoline. Now, when we approached Sam's Club to go pick it up, uh, there was three guys who came with the huge box uh, of the trampoline, so it took four of us to put it into my wife's van, and then I took it home. I mean, this uh, listen, this box was massive. It was huge. I was intimidated by the box. So when we got home, we took it out of the car with the help of someone else, and we would do what you would do with such big boxes. We put it in the middle of the living room, and it sat there for weeks. I don't know what it was. Listen, I, if you give me a hard task, I'm usually like, yeah, give it to me. I'm still in school. You give me a 15 page paper. I'm going to run towards it. This thing, I just like, I looked at it and I was like, no, no, no way. I cannot, it just intimidated me. For some reason, this box intimidated me. And then In the middle of the box, I missed this, but the boys pointed out to me, they said, hey, dad, the box says it only takes 90 minutes to set up. (laughs) And so you think as a normal human being, you would be like, oh, 90 minutes, then how hard could it be? That's not what happened to me. What I said was 90 minutes, my kids are going to be watching. It's going to take me eight hours. How embarrassing will that be? (laughs) It just seemed like an impossible task. So I'm sitting in the living room one of these days, elephant in the room, like quite literally the size of an elephant, and I decide we're gonna do it. By the way, church, we timed it. It took us 89 minutes to complete the trampoline. (laughs) Yes, yes, sir, yes, sir. I had the help of my my next-door neighbor, who's also my cousin, and we were able to build the trampoline. Anyways, I share this because at first, it, it was a silly illustration for this impossible task ahead of me. And what we see in First Thessalonians chapter 5 is actually something that Paul tells us. And if you look at it, face value, it seems impossible. It's a hard command. It's a hard thing for us to look at and say, is that really what you mean, Paul? Is that really what you mean by saying here? Look at, what, look at verse 16 with me. I mean, verse 18. He says, "'Give thanks in all circumstances.'" There's a different translation that says this. Paul says, in everything, not in some things, not in a few things, not in the things that matter, in everything, give thanks. Now I hear the objections already, and I probably hear them so clearly in my head because I struggle with these same objections, but some of us would say, Paul, D- don't you know we are in the middle of a pandemic? I mean, you don't know this obviously cuz you're not living in 2021, but that's what's going on. Paul, don't you know Thanksgiving is this week and I'm going to see family. Some family I'd really want to see. Some not so much. <laughs> Paul, the holidays are hard because I don't have a lot of family. Paul My friend just passed away. I just lost my job. We have these things that hit us in life. And Paul says here, in everything, in all circumstances, we can give thanks. So I want to pose a question to you this morning. I want to ask a question to you this morning. And the question is this, how can we truly be thankful in all circumstances as Christians. How can we truly be thankful? With all the things we just talked about, how can we truly be thankful in all circumstances? Now, I would argue that this question is a very, very important question for us to wrestle through, to talk through, to think about. Because I want you to know Paul's language here. I want you to look at verse 18 with me. What Paul says here, is strong language. What he says is this, give thanks in all circumstances for this is the will of God for you. What he's not saying is a suggestion. He's not saying, maybe be thankful. Maybe try to find a way to make that circumstance tolerable. No, he doesn't say that. He says, in all things, give thanks because this is what God wants from you. This is a direct command from heaven that says, be thankful in all circumstances. The Bible also speaks very strongly about those who are ungrateful, those who are not thankful in all circumstances. The Bible goes on to say in some portions like Roman 1 or 2 Timothy chapter 3, says that being ungrateful is a sign of immaturity, and sometimes even worse, a sign of non-belief to God. And so this is an important question for us to think and wrestle through. Can we really be grateful in all circumstances? One commentator says it like this. This is such a great quote. Thanksgiving should be the native emotion for the Christian. Let me read that again. Thanksgiving should be the native emotion for the Christian. So what he's saying is, is that our natural bent the way we operate as Christians should always be one flowing from gratitude and thankfulness. And so, if all of this is true, if we're supposed to be grateful always, and there's a warning for us not to be grateful, how can we be grateful at all times as a Christian? And to answer that, I want to turn that to Psalm 100. So, please turn there in your Bibles, Psalm 100. And we're going to read this great psalm of thanksgiving. This psalm says this. We're going to start in verse 1. A psalm for giving thanks. Make a joyful noise to the Lord, all the earth. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come into his presence with singing. Psalm 100 gives us a few things, but I think it gives us the perspective of all perspectives on how to be grateful, and for us, how to be grateful in all circumstances. Now, I want you to to notice this with me as we look at this psalm. This is key here. Gratitude is tied to, or it goes hand in hand with remembrance. Gratitude, thankfulness, remembering, they are inextricably linked one to another. Psalm 103 says it like this. It's really important. It says this in verse 2, bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. Or a different translation says, bless the Lord, O my soul, and remember all his benefits. And so we are going to look at ways to be grateful and how we can be grateful in all circumstances but we're going to be looking at it through the lens of remembering. So if you're taking notes, please write this down. Remember, He is God. How can we be grateful? Remember, He is God. Look at with me in verse 3. Know that the Lord, He is God. It is He who made us, and we are His A proper remembrance of who God is produces thankfulness. A proper remembrance of who God is produces thankfulness. It reminds us who we are. It reminds us who we are and who God is. You know what the Bible says about God? It says that he is creator. He is over all. He is the creator of all. He made all of this and he made us along with it. It also says that he sustains all. So the, world, the reason the world is still existing and rotating and we're still living and breathing is because he is the sustainer of it all. God is big, is what he's saying here. And we are small. He is creator, and we are not. I was thinking about this this week. I was thinking about how God is creator overall, and I was thinking, what, what is the best thing I've ever created? And the only thing that I could to come to a conclusion was, I think like, my children are my, my pride and joy, right? You guys would agree, right? You would agree that my children are... are I'm just kidding. Um, all of us would agree that your children are, are everything to us. But here's, And we, we really work hard to pour into them, to love them, to sustain them, to feed them, to teach them, all of those things. You know the crazy part about my the best thing I've ever done as I was only involved in it a little bit because what does the scripture say that in their mother's womb God was fashioning them together that God before the foundations of the world was thinking about them knowing them and working out their lives in his providence He is God Even with the best I have to offer, he is God. We are called to give it up. Give God the glory because he is who he is. He is the creator. The other thing he says here in verse three, it is he who made us and we are his. Now here's the thing. God didn't just make us and put us in the garage. He made us and is with us. We are his people. He cares for us. He abides with us. He is constantly there in our every working, every moving, every day. We are his people. We belong to him. That puts everything into perspective. We are human. We are dust. But he is God and eternal. And when we remember that truth, it brings gratitude to us. It brings gratitude for who he is. Number two, if you're taking notes. Remember, he is good. Remember, he is good. Look at me in verse five. For the Lord is good. His steadfast love endures forever. A proper remembrance of the goodness of God produces thankfulness. The song we just sang, such a good song. Because it reminds us that God is good. That he is the giver of all things good. God in his nature, in himself, is good. We can rejoice in that. We can rest in that. But not only that, we have been blessed by God, by his goodness. All that we have has been given to us by his goodness. The Bible says that he is a giver of good gifts. So all that we have is good. Even our circumstances... We have circumstances where we see the goodness of God each and every single day. Um, I, used to, I used to work at this church. Um, and one of the pastors, our missions pastor, uh, he, was, he, was, he was this amazing guy, amazing testimony. But he would do this thing after every time he would preach. And I was in uh, college ministry with him and he did youth ministry sometimes. Every time he preached, he did this thing. Now, the first few months, I was like, okay, I get it. That's, that's Pastor Dennis's thing. That's, that's his thing. By year four or five, I was nauseated by this one statement that he would say after every single time he would preach. And it was this, God is good all the time, all the time. God is good. Now, After he would, after he would preach and pray, and I would hear that, I would in my mind would be like, "Oh my word, Lord, please save me from this saying one more time." Here's the thing: in hard times, in trouble, when I can't even think straight, you know, one of the simplest lines I go to, "God is good," all the time, and all the time, God is good. And he would do it with the church. We're going to do it together. I'm going to say, "God is good." You guys are going to say all the time, and I'm going to say all the time, and then you're going to say God is good. So church, God is good, all the time. and all the time. God is good. Pastor Dennis is proud of me somewhere. He is so <laughs> proud of me somewhere. Not only that, we see here in verse 3, he's, it says this, we are his people and the sheep of his pasture. Do you know what it says in John 10? That Jesus is the good shepherd. So not only do we have a good God, but we have a good shepherd in Jesus Christ. And we turn to Jesus because of what he has done for us. We remember Jesus. One of the things I love about communion is that we come to remembrance about Jesus, who he is, and what he has done. And if you don't know about this Jesus, there is a man Who is God in the flesh, who came to die for our sins? He lived a sinless life and died on their sins and took the wrath of God for us. He died and rose from the dead to show his power and to save us from our sins. And if you don't know Jesus this morning, we want to invite you to receive him. He is calling this good God that we are talking about manifests in the person and work of Christ. And this morning, we talk about the good shepherd. Number three, if you're taking notes, we remember that he is faithful. Look at verse five at the end with me. For the Lord is good, his steadfast love endures forever, and his faithfulness to all generations. The thing that stuns me about David and the Psalms and people who were writing in the book of Psalms is that they only had the first five books of the Bible to look back on and make these beautiful songs of praise. They didn't have Jesus yet, they didn't have Paul yet. They didn't have any of that. And they're able to say, praise to God. Blessed be God. Forget not his benefits. And the psalmist here is able to say, God is faithful. He's been faithful. He is faithful. He will be faithful. And he looks at the characters in the Bible. And that's what we do too. We remember his faithfulness. We remember the life of Abraham. Remember Abraham? Made a mess of his life. He tried to advance on the promises of God. But God was faithful. And out of Sarah and Abraham came the promise. Do you guys remember Joseph? The hard life he had? How he was sold into slavery by his own brothers? How he went through these hard times, ended up in jail. And yet we see the faithfulness of God elevating this man in position and restoring his family We see the faithfulness of God in the life of Moses, that knucklehead Moses, where he did everything pretty much to try to mess up what God had for him. Yet God used him as the leader of the children of Israel, was sustained by manna and so much more, was given the Ten Commandments, and we see God's faithfulness through him. We remember time and time again that God was faithful. We see it. David, Ruth, Job, Jonah, Sarah, Naomi, Paul, Peter, John, you name it, God is faithful. And for us, it's important for us to remember that where you can't see God now, especially for those of us who are in the middle of just darkness, where you can't see God now, you go back to see where you saw him before. You go back and see where you saw the faithfulness of God before. Here's how we are grateful. Now, I want you to notice something. This is important about what we're learning about here. Paul, I mean, the writer of the psalm, doesn't appeal to us by saying, hey, count your blessings. He doesn't say that at all. Here's what he says. What he says, you are grateful by the character and the nature of God. That's how we are grateful. Life is fleeting. Life is hard. We're dealing with so much. And on some days, you can count on your right and on your left hand what you're grateful for, and some days you cannot. But you know what you can always count on? Is the faithfulness of God, the goodness of God, that God is God, the unchanging nature of God. That's what we put our trust in. That's what we put our thanksgiving in. And that's what David's saying here. He's saying you might, be, that you might be grateful for your house, your car, your shoes, your job, your, your sister, your, your Thanksgiving meal that's coming. You might be grateful for all those things. And listen, I want you to be grateful for those things, please, by all means. But all those things are sinking sand. What is never changing is the nature and the character and the person of God we see here in Psalm 100 he is good. He is faithful. He is God. What I want you to notice here is Paul, when he talks about being grateful in all things, it's not coming from a place of judgment from us, but a place of experience. Like we've been there, right? We've, you ever been told a story or you ever see somebody's life and it's just strengthened because you know that person has gone through something through adversity? Do you guys know what I'm talking about? Um, like, 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 I'm not a mom, but I know verses in the Bible that talks about motherhood. And I'm, I hope that I can communicate it well enough for, for people to understand. But you know who can really communicate what being a mom is? A mom. Yeah. So as much as Alyssa and I might know the same verses, she has a different perspective than I do. By the way, which is why women's ministry and, and ministry like real moms are so important to us. But we really find strength in stories like this. Pastor Jim is, is one of my mentors. I, I love this man. And he um, has taught me a lot about parenting. And he's raised five awesome, uh, five, we talk about something called the gain effect on staff. Pastor Jim doesn't know about this. We talk about something called the gain effect. And whoever gain you were with last, that's your favorite gain. Until you meet to the next game, and then you're like, no, no, that's my favorite game. And then you meet the next game, and you're like, wait. (laughs) Anyways, I spend the most time with Jim, so he has to be my favorite game. Um, And he's my boss. And um, (laughs) and, uh, he's an amazing dad. But you know what's more incredible about the fact that he's an amazing dad? That he didn't have a dad in the home. And so Paul's story isn't from one of, I look down upon you. I've got it all figured out. It's not even one from like, Paul, you have nothing to say because your life was hard. No, Paul was riddled with suffering. He was shipwrecked. He was beaten. He was stoned. He dealt with all of this suffering. And yet the man who was acquainted with so much suffering said, in all circumstances, we can be grateful. Not, not in those things, but in the character and the nature of God. John Calvin says it like this. I'm going to use my own words. He says, since God is good, we can accept all things from his hands as good. And the best way to enjoy God is as he's constantly pouring out blessing to us, we are constantly pouring out praise and thankfulness to him. Do you see that relationship? It's not one-sided. We are blessed by God and we are thankful to him. How do we respond to this? How do we respond to being grateful to God? We say thanks. We say thanks. Look at it with me in verse one. Make a joyful noise to the Lord all the earth. The psalm writer here is saying a way we thank God is making a joyful noise. Saying a thank you is a great way to making a joyful noise. You know, nowadays, um, it's, it's really odd, but I find myself when I, when I go out of my way to say thank you to someone, they're kind of shocked by it, as if they've never heard the word before. What, what did you say? Thank you? It's good for us to be thankful and to express that thankfulness especially express that thankfulness to God who has helped us who has loved us who has called us we say thank you to him Not only that how do we respond we respond by serving we serve Look at what it says in verse 2 Serve the Lord with gladness Someone who's been changed and someone who's marked by God is usually also marked by service and loving others and pouring out and being a friend and a blessing to your coworker who's in the cubicle next to you and loving on your friends and family with service and not expecting to be served in return. A heart that is grateful is a heart that is serving. But not only that, he says we serve with gladness. So if you're serving or making the turkey this Thursday, begrudgingly, (laughs) we serve the Lord with gladness. And lastly, we do it together. Look at with me in verse 4. Enter his gate with thanksgiving. And his courts with praise, give thanks to him, bless his name. Again, in verse one, he says, make a joyful noise, but who does it? All the earth. It's a call for everyone together in the same place to worship the Lord. Did you know Psalm 100 is actually what they used as the basis for congregational singing? So the the church would gather together and they would sing Psalm 100, they did it together. We do it together. We individually have so much to be grateful for. Absolutely. God has been good to us, but us as a church, the calling here is that we would together rise as one church and we would thank the Lord in unison because the sounds of the believers are beautiful. Now we're going to do this together, but before we do, I want to read you something. Um, Pastor Gregory and I did not plan this out. This is amazing how this happened. I'm just going to say it was God. This was amazing. He he started off, if you were here at the beginning of the service, he started off with an old hymn of thanksgiving. Our call to worship was a hymn of thanksgiving. Um, I love hymns. One of my favorite things to do is to go to old bookstores. I do that often, and every time I do, I go to the religious section and I always go find old hymnals. So I have a huge collection of just these old hymnals. And they're a resource for me of worship, seeing what the saints have tr- sang throughout the years um, to God. And I found this one psalm, uh, one hymn in particular. And this hymn is a hymn from someone who gets it. Someone who understands that in all circumstances, whatever you're going through, we can be grateful They understand that in their hard times and their good times, God is there sustaining them because he is God, he is good, he is faithful. This is a song that gets it. It's from the late 1800s and it's called Thanks to God for my Redeemer. It says this. Thanks to God for my Redeemer. Thanks for the prayers that you have answered. Thanks for what you have done. Thanks for the storms I have weathered Thanks for all you supply. Thanks for the pain and thanks for the pleasure. Thanks for the comfort in despair. Thanks for the grace that none can measure. Thanks for the love beyond compare. This is a heart that gets it. And truly, we would be a church that gets it also. Before we close with our final song, I want to do one thing. If we could all stand together, I want to read Psalm 100 because that's what they used to do. And we want to give thanks as a church. So if you want to read aloud with me as the worship team is coming up, it says this, make a joyful noise to the Lord all the earth. and his faithfulness to all generations. And we as the church say amen. Our Father, we thank you. Thank you for the eternal perspective that you've given us, Lord. We have so much to be grateful for. We don't have enough fingers, paper, to write down all the blessings you have given us. But we also do know, Lord, that some of those things are really fleeting and temporary. And what you've called us to is a rejoicing and a joy and a thankfulness that is eternal because it is fixed on you. I pray, Lord, that we would be reminded this week and whatever we're dealing with, that we can be thankful for the good shepherd who came to die for us, who came and loved us while we were enemies. And Lord, I pray that we would honor Psalm 100 as we sing together about your goodness, faithfulness, and because you are God. In Jesus' name, amen.